Welcome to Simply Happy, a show where you'll be learning how to shift into a more positive perspective in easy-to-manage steps. Who am I? My name's Olivia. I'm a mother, a wife, the driven woman behind SimplyAlley.com, and someone who ditched bipolar, anxiety, and depression through mastering my mindset and emotions. So let's chat about some tips that have helped transform my life and many others, because life doesn't need to look perfect to be happy. Hey there, what's up? It's your girl Olivia coming at you with a bonus episode of Simply Happy. Today on the show, I am chatting with Benita Kond. Now, Benita is a founder of Create Radical Love LLC, a life coaching and consulting approach for people who want to radically love their whole life experience, not just compartmentalized parts of it. Now, the reason I wanted to bring Benita on the show is because I absolutely love her approach to this. You're going to get to learn all about her history and the struggles that she's overcome in the in the episode. You'll hear it. It's coming. But I just love her way of seeing life and her approach to things. And it resonated with me so deeply that I just had to share it with you guys. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Here's the chat. All right. I am so excited to have you on, Benita. Welcome to Simply Happy. Thank you so much for having me. I am equally excited to be here. (laughs) All right. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do to help more people become Simply Happy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I left my corporate job in 2017 and hired coaches and out of a few month period of really resetting, um, becoming more in touch with myself, cultivating a much deeper sense of self-love and following my intuition, I developed a coaching approach and my own business called Create Radical Love. And it's a co-creative life coaching approach for people who want to radically love their whole life. And that radical love term meaning unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And that I have wanted for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> my whole life. And I have come to find the things that we really desire and want to experience for ourselves. We then, once we really cultivate that, can give it to others, mm-hmm. like overflows and spills out. So I work with individuals. I work with creative businesses. I worked in the advertising industry for the majority of my career. So I tend to work with a fair amount of people from that world, a lot of creative people, but I also work with people across now a broad section of different life experiences and careers. Um, yeah, but predominantly through my coaching and workshops and, um, talks and meditations, um, I am helping others cultivate their own radically loved lives. Mm, I love that so much. And I love that it's not just a little piece. It is their whole lives. Cause that is, yeah so valuable because yeah it's oh my goodness yeah I can't there are no words (laughs) (laughs) well I live such a compartmentalized life and I recognize so many others do as well I lived in New York City for 25 years I was very career driven and focused Mm -hmm. um and I had ended up having a son and and I'm married and I just felt my professional life really required me to be really focused on that a lot of hours of the day but then when I would come back into my 
world of my role of being a mother and a wife. And I just felt like this toggling back and forth didn't mm-hmm. feel like it had much flow to it. It felt really separated and, um, yeah, compartmentalized and painful. And so when I was given the opportunity and I took it, um, in terms of deciding to resign and taking some time and not, you know, doing a job search and trying to find another job, I immediately felt this sense of flow between everything. And then from there, I was like, okay, well, if I love this and I want to keep this, Mm -hmm. then how do I professionally design something that flows all together? So we do that various ways here in our house, but my husband has his own business. I have my own business. We school our son from home and um, we each trade off like I do two or three days a week and my husband does two or three days a week in terms of leading school with our son and so like all this one big flowing thing now and I'm never anxious about my time spent on create radical love it's not like I'm going to work and that feels heavy or anxious like that doesn't exist anymore Um, I love the people I talk to like knowing I was going to talk to you today I was super Mm -hmm. excited it doesn't feel like a burden. There's just not that burdensome sense of work. Yeah. And that I was really looking purposely to shift and have. And it's amazing for two and a half, now three years, that has just been the new constant. And it's like, wow, these things that really plague us and it can create a ton of anxiety and depression in our lives. Yeah. We can literally just choose to change them and they can go away. Oh, I, I've, oh my goodness. I love that so much. And I have, I love that you're setting that example, too, because I have so much admiration for for your family. Like, I know I know that came up for me when I, you know, with my business and having two kids and I was going to homeschool and I was like, I like for me, it felt like I was like, I need to make a choice like between the two. And I did. And, you know, and I I my daughter, my older daughter goes to public school, but it was and and just thinking about homeschooling, well, actually having experienced it to a degree now um, through the, totally. pan- through the um, pandemic. Everybody's getting a taste right now. I know. And um, yeah, it's just, it is one of those things where you kind of battle with it. You're like, how does this just, how can I just make like this all fluid and not make it such a struggle? Yeah. So I. We're so oh. conditioned. And the systems and structures in society are so fascinatingly created to bump up against one another. Mm -hmm. I I think especially in the U.S. just because there aren't as many like social systems and networks that are about more support but really are about like the individual trying to make it work on their own. Yeah. That it really creates this sense of yeah, like I have to figure it all out but it feels a little bit fraught or uncomfortable and our design certainly does not work for everyone so you know and if our son absolutely was like 100% excited to go back to a brick and mortar type of school environment then we would be super excited for him to do that too but uh, yeah. right now like following his lead is what has felt best for him so then the rest started to find its way around that like how do we design our lives then in a way that it works for all of us and that we found this unique structure um yeah and yeah it doesn't work for everybody but it definitely works for us and um yeah it's just fun to be able to explore all of it and experiment with all of it rather than also kind of being guided by what others have done or that there's a right way or a wrong way right. or what will other people think um 
you know, people have lots of concerns about kids who school from home and socialization. Our child is unbelievably social. Like, he can't <laughs> not meet people wherever he goes, right? It's like, that's just, like, not even a thing. Like, when yeah. people ask me about that, I'm like, yeah. Like, we don't <laughs> even know? have to try. Like, he just does it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that's fantastic. And that's such um, – I'm always advocating for people to find what works for them. Yep. You know, as, like, especially, like, just in the realm of – you know, beating bipolar anxiety and depression or navigating that is to find what works for you. And, um, and to do that, I think is such a, such a testament to like an act of self-love, like just building, like the way that you have chose like who you are and how you've built your life very intentionally is such a, is such an act of, you know, radical, like love for yourself and your family and your life. Uh, And I think that's just, that's just beyond valuable and, and, if you like, it's, it's about breaking that, that habit or that pattern or the conditioning. Right. And, and choosing what is going to work for you or your family, et cetera. And, and getting in touch with, I, I was sort of out of touch with my truth, like my highest preference. I, and we can get into this, the details of this later, but I was, I got sober 13 years ago. And when I got sober, I like had no idea who I was. And I hated myself and I suffered from a lot of anxiety and depression um, for years prior to that. But, um, you know, as I was getting sober, that was all starting to kind of settle. And it was this journey of really honoring myself and being kinder to myself and surrounding myself with people who were kinder to themselves to have as models and like just this whole process that unfolds in that sort of world of sobriety Mm -hmm. was incredible for me. But then the leaving of, because I had still played out a lot of those isms of addiction in my work. Like I was a workaholic for sure. And a lot of my sense of self I felt was fulfilled or understood or clarified through who I defined myself to be professionally and who others said I was, right? So that external feedback, that external validation created my sense of self. It's like, oh, like I look back at that now and I'm like, it's such shifting sands all the time. Yeah. Like what feedback did you get on this project or, you know, this thing that you did? And like, then that determined whether I was okay or not. And so in leaving that in the last three years, learning what my truth is, like what's my, what is my intuition telling me rather than maybe the rational mind, the subconscious thoughts coming through or, mm-hmm. you know, beliefs coming through that are all old. Like 95% of our human operating each day comes from our subconscious. Yeah. And that's all old stuff that's either been projected onto us, an old situation or something that we've gone through that we've then created belief about ourselves from. And it might not at all be related to our truth now. Oftentimes not at all. Right. And so I didn't know that. Like, I believed all this stuff about myself as I was leaving that world, that I wasn't creative. Uh, the word entrepreneur scared me. Like, I felt very, like, oh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a better facilitator for others. I would always work for somebody else. And within months, all of that fell away from doing other things, from tapping into my creativity again, from, for me personally, meditation and yoga are incredibly powerful resources. So doing more and more of that. And then came this clarity like, Oh no, no, wait, you have a vision. You have a perspective. You want to be of service from that place. You are creative. You can have your own business. Like literally all of that changed. 
within months of listening to myself. Like, oh, I prefer this. Oh, this is more exciting to me. Oh, no, that's not. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we are so conditioned to do what others have done before us. We are so conditioned to be safe. And I'm not saying that we should, you know, do things out of integrity, like outside of integrity and do things that would be harmful to others or just be like, I'm leaving life. I'm off (laughs) to do my own thing and like not taking the other people in our lives into consideration. I'm actually saying what we do is we do the exact opposite when we start to truly take care of ourselves. Yeah. We, and love ourselves, then we can have those loving conversations with others, but say, like, I know you would really want me to do it this way because that feels more safe to you, but I'm actually going to quit my job, or I'm actually going to start this new career path, or I'm actually going to take care of my health in this way that might not make sense to you, but it feels really right for me intuitively. And just from that place of, like, truth and mm-hmm. alignment and have those conversations, and it's amazing to me how rarely nobody questions that stuff anymore for me because they're like oh she's doing what feels best for her but it's taken time to cultivate that yeah and I think it's it that's such a that's such a good like your story is so beautiful because it just it shows that shift from out acting out of obligation for others versus acting out of obligation to yourself and your best interest which isn't selfish because you know I mean as we've just even heard through your story like that reverberates out to people. Well, you know, like when you when you prioritize yourself in that way, it becomes the new norm for people. It might feel funky at first, but like right. they get on board with it. And something that I know I've been very mindful with and putting into practice a lot lately is understanding. And it's something that I do teach. So it's so funny. Sometimes I feel like we have to like remind ourselves of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the things. I'm that talking we... to myself all the time <laughs> when I'm working with clients. Yes. You're like, oh, I'm going to take my own advice there. <laughs> like, okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just being mindful of that lag, that, that lag from, you know, whether you want to, you know, because I, I speak, you know, more in grounded terms on this podcast. I, I don't really talk much about like manifestation or universe or spirituality, but um, even though those things are a very important part of my life. But it's like whether you relate it to that or you relate it to the subconscious where it is that lag of like the life you are living right now was built off of who you were. That's right. And how people perceive you right now is built off of who you were. Can you change that? For sure. But yeah, yeah, you do have to go through that period of continuing to intentionally choose over and over again, you know me and what I want and what feels good and what feels maybe easy and doesn't feel so like overwhelming or complicated, whatever it might be. But like, yeah, making those choices and then eventually the, that like lag will catch up. And I, cause I know I've, I've even had people just be like, look, like I'm doing the work, like I'm feeling the changes, but nobody else is seeing it. And I'm like, that's okay. Like they don't see the, like, just to put it in visual terms, like they don't maybe see the like, one or two pound difference, you know, if you were like losing weight or something, right? But they're going to yeah. see the 10, 20, 30 pound difference. Like it takes them time to see because they're not actively involved necessarily in what That's you're right. doing internally. Um, so, yeah, it's like being mindful of that that gap of the subconscious yeah, when, you're, when you're rewriting stuff. Yep. Yeah. And to stay true. And, you know, I use the word faith really broadly. Like just in not knowing 
Like, I'm going to stay the course with this because I am feeling better, even if I might not be getting that same level of confirmation from others externally at the moment, like, yet, but I'm just going to trust that that's going to happen. Yes. (laughs) And just continue on, and I feel like that's the most powerful piece in that lag time. It's like, I'm not going to draw any conclusions. I'm not going to look for specific outcomes. I just know I'm feeling a bit better. And so I'm going to go with that. Continuing to point to what feels better from, and I mean that with discernment, like not what feels better from a numbing and a masking place, but what feels better from a more clear, empowered place. And that takes time to kind of figure out too. Like I used to not understand what self-care meant at all. Yeah, like I really like when I first got sober, I was like, what is can somebody please like <laughs> tell me what the like I knew it wasn't like manicures and pedicures and massages because like right. of course that's nice, but I knew that people were talking about something else and I didn't understand that it was about things that helped me felt feel more clear. Well yeah, and it's more aligned. Yeah, it's about that long term benefit of self. Because right. I think that like you know, I I I love that you shared your journey with sobriety and also congratulations on 13 years. I didn't say Thank that earlier. You. Um, you know, I also have a friend who, who has gone through that. So it's been beautiful to be able to like witness her perspective because although I drank and I tried to solve a lot of my problems with, uh, with alcohol and with excessive amounts of like sugar and caffeine to just try to mm-hmm. change my mood. Um, I, you know, I don't think I, I necessarily reached the level of, of, you know, like claiming being an alcoholic or needing to get help in that area. But sure, it's, it's yeah. a big spectrum. It's it, a massive spectrum. For sure. For sure. And it's one of those things I think when you're in that space, like you, you kind of might even think of that as self-care. You're like, oh yeah, I'm like trying to make myself feel better right now. Like that's self-care or even, I mean, I am like, I'm so, I try to be so sensitive bringing this up, but even like the, the stereotype or that like kind of model of like, the the parent who drinks the wine, you know, like that's like, oh, this is like, you know, mommy's glass to like chill out and like do some self-care. Yep. And I'm like, but that's only making you feel better temporarily. That's, that's not right. for the long-term benefit of your well-being. And I think that's the major difference is are you just doing it to try to shift your mood in the moment or are you doing it because it would feel really good to you to embody being that person or, yeah. you know, is is – feeding like your your long-term or your bigger vision do you know what I'm saying 100 percent. I mean not like anything mood altering I didn't really understand or have that term when I was actively using alcohol to alter my mood right right neither did I so I I think I guess I knew it was because that's why I turned to it and I wanted that mood shift and I wanted to feel differently and so it was an easy way to do that and kind of get that immediate gratification yeah and so, yeah, that's why it, I, I didn't understand the um, power of those substances in my life. Like, I quit drinking coffee after I got sober because I tried to drink it a couple of times after then being much more clear yeah. and not having these other mood-altering substances in my system that massively messed with my brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so then that was kind of clear. And then I tried drinking coffee, and it gave me a panic attack. Oh, my god! And I was like, oh, I can't drink it. Like, I was trying to drink it, but then maybe I'd take, like, a pill to take the edge off. It's like, what? You're like, wait, what (laughs) am I doing? (laughs) Like, no wonder there was this, like, ping-ponging around of, like, constant mood 
stabilizing yeah. like oh I'm wanting to change my mood here but then that happened okay so then I'd be this to change that mood my mood now to this and so yeah when I, that was exactly the example you gave about like having a glass of wine in terms of self-care I remember asking my therapist that while I was drinking when he's talking about self-care and I'm like well it's confusing to me because having a few drinks to me feels like self-care yeah. and that's when I think the first of those conversations started happening around like what yeah. more clear and aligned self-care is well, and that, that long-term yeah. sense of clarity and like now I the sense of clarity I experience I can't even explain how much better like in words how much better it feels than any other mood altering substance mm-hmm. honestly like I have had days where I feel so blissful and so full of life and so full of gratitude that one could equate it to feeling high there's likely like I'm having endorphin release there's oxytocin releases or you know like my brain is creating those good chemicals and hormones on their own yes and that that is available that is well (laughs) that is possible from doing nothing like no sugar no coffee no alcohol no drugs yeah I mean I know people have asked me they're like how do you do everything that you do without any coffee or caffeine and I'm like I, I used to be so reliant on it and I and I want everyone listening to like understand that if you're like sitting here listening and being like what does that even feel like to live like a full blissful freaking day um just you know just know that it's something that you work towards and, and you you yeah. build up towards you know like Benita and I both you know started from a place that was really dark and really just what, what's the word yeah. I'm looking for you just you just it was like a, it was just a struggle and you didn't know yep. you didn't have that mindfulness yet and i think something that kind of does perpetuate the problem is that like drinking and coffee are like societal norms it's like yeah you yes. do that you're supposed to do that to change your yes. mood you're supposed to do that to feel better feel more relaxed you're supposed to do that to have fun and it's like what and then again like what you were saying was like then we're medicating people who can't control their moods because they're intentionally putting their bodies out of whack that's right Ah. I mean that that was just groundbreaking for me and the the first disclaimer I want to say is that you know people can live pretty clear lives also drinking caffeine I just couldn't so I just want to say like that my system just for whatever reason is super sensitive to it. So, and people can obviously live pretty clear and aligned lives yeah. participating and drinking alcohol as well. But like, again, my for system, sure. nope, well, definitely not. And I think, I think for you and me, it was one of those, like for me, like I won't, I won't even try a taste of like my husband will be like, you should try this soda. And I was like, nah, nope, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I know a sip won't like just ruin me, but at the same time, I think it's, you you and I know that, like, we could, you know, not very easily, but, like, we could go back to that old pattern. Um, right. and, like, why? I think that's right. the question I will ask myself is, is it worth all of the years now of clarity and yeah. being of service to others from this really clear place and, like, feeling this really fulfilled life mm-hmm. to take that one sip? Or to, yeah, like, I can't even imagine being like, maybe I want to try coffee again. But, like, let's <laughs> say that thought randomly popped into my head the next thing that comes from me is why and would it be worth it yeah the answer heretofore has been nope it's just not worth it like there's so many other things I could do if I am feeling I need to somehow 
level set my mood or mm. touch base with myself. And yeah, it's, um, it's a fascinating process. And to your point, like it takes time. It takes that mindfulness. Like there are various different stops along the way that helped yeah. aid me in understanding more and more how my mind works and to maybe not listen to my thoughts so much. Yeah. Like they might feel really real, but are they actually true? No. I mean, the, I mean the <laughs> like, same though. Thoughts are just everything that you've picked up, you know, over yes. the years and they're just, they're just hanging out in there. So <laughs> But yeah, I, I, it's like, it's, it's being mindful. It's being intentional. It's having that willingness. Cause I noticed that that's my, like with my students and I don't know if this is the same with yours, but like the ones that are so willing are the ones that make the faster change because they're just like, I'm just, I'm willing to like figure it out, like learn it, do it, whatever it is. And I think that's what is so valuable is for people to understand that there are other tools out there that aren't, you know, like it's it's a way to shift the chemicals in our body, right, and make things fire and, and do certain things in our brain, right, that like everything else, like every substance or every pill that you can take mimics. It mimics what our body does. And, and so like you and I are like, no, I don't need caffeine because I know I could go over here and like do like a like a fast flow of yoga or like yep. jump up and down and just like make fart noises or something like something I love like it. but like you can do literally like so many things to just like get the energy flowing in your body and the blood pumping and like getting yourself into a better state of mind or even the same for relaxing like we know there are, we have other tools available to us so it's like why <laughs> I even go back yes, that's it and and yeah just even being introduced you know, at one point to one tool, right? And Mm -hmm. then it shifts something and you're like, oh, this is another way and that feels a bit better. And oh, then maybe I don't need that one either. And then that leads to the next one. I feel like for me, it's been like following this breadcrumb trail of each next right thing. And the more I follow that thing that feels really right for me or feels more clear, more aligned, then more and more trust and more and more faith builds that like, oh, I've done this before. And oh, if I follow this path, I feel even better if I'm I'm bumping up against a period of time that's feeling lower or heavier or Mm -hmm. sad or anxious or whatever it is. And it's amazing now how quickly it shifts. And that too, I previously, when I would go through a darker phase or a really anxious phase, and I suffered from really terrible panic attacks. I was taken from my office in an ambulance once because I was having a panic attack. Like, I, I, like I don't ever experience those anymore. And even if I'm feeling a little of the like uncomfortability of some of those types of feelings coming, I can look at them now. And I think there was such a fear that they would last forever. Yeah. That like once it started, it there was not going to be a way out, and so there was this like sense of like impending doom and dread, and like but only through like little by slow changes over periods of time in life. But to your point about it happening more quickly, once I was willing to surrender, especially on the sobriety front, mm-hmm. once I was willing to completely surrender that piece, like yeah. I I need help, I want to stop doing these things, and I can't do it on my own. Yeah, right. like that, my my world shifted and changed overnight. Yeah, and that was huge. And then also the leaving for me, leaving my like nine to five mm-hmm. corporate job, working for others. Like that was a shift I needed to make to surrender to not knowing what my professional life would look like. And once I did that, then again, massively quick shift. 
Like yeah. then it was just like quantum leap, all of these other things became really clear. And so that willingness that you were talking about is huge. And I really find it's not something you can create or manufacture. You have to be, able, you have to be at a place where you're willing to be willing. Yes, for sure. Like, cause I've had so many people like try to help me and I, ju- and I wasn't willing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, nah. right. nope. Nope, I'll be over here. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's such a like I love that because you were you were willing to f- like finally fully let go of your vices, and I think that that that's yep. what's so valuable. And that's I I wanted to say this earlier too. Like that's one of those things where it's like the difference between you know like you and I are are not going to go back to those things, right? But like other people yeah. can still you know live really beautiful lives and and drink coffee and <laughs> and right. and drink alcohol, and it's. And it, I, I, I think it's important to understand, do you feel like you need it in order to function, in order to, like, be who you want to be? Or is it something that you can simply just enjoy and you can yep. choose to walk away from? You can choose to be like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't get my cup of coffee today. I'll be okay. Like, I'll, right. I'll get through it. So I think that's such a good distinction to make. But I was, I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day and we were kind of talking about this on, on actually like a relationship front. As far as like that letting go, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I was like, I was like, you did it. You know, you, you went all the way to the edge of the cliff and you stood there and you're like, I'm looking over, I'm doing the brave thing. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to jump down into the water. I was like, but you, you, you're still holding on to the cliff edge. I'm like, you might've jumped, but you're still holding on to the cliff edge. You're not fully letting yourself go and to like, let go of those Vices are those things that didn't serve you is to fully let go and allow yourself to be in that state of free fall until you land in the water and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go do it again now because I know I can do that. I so it was just as you were describing that scenario, I was like, I like, I can't believe I can say this now, but I kind of like the free fall moment now. Oh yeah. It's so like, fun. I've done it enough in my life that I, again, have this sense of safety in it. Like I actually feel less comfortable when I know I'm holding on to safety and security for safety and security sake that makes me more uncomfortable now than recognizing like "Mm, something needs to shift and I don't know what's coming next but I'm just gonna let go yeah like I'm not gonna do all these things today that for whatever reason my mind thought I should quote unquote do I'm gonna actually clear my schedule take a breath honor myself and do so that's like a little more you know smaller example like not quitting the job or you know surrendering to whatever substance is harming ourselves harming our life but in every day you can continue to surrender and then that keeps I'm finding it's keeping much more in alignment like all along the way so then when the next like bigger life pivot appears it's like oh this actually is going to be pretty fun like what's going to be on the other side. Yeah. And that like we've been that's like surrender I feel like is is such an elusive word for so many people cuz like well how do yes. you just surrender? I know for me it was. I was like what in the what? Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? I know. Like what do you go people say like let let go. Yeah, like yeah. Or giving giving something over to whatever, you know, yeah. something other than yourself. You're like what does that mean? And <laughs> I think like so we've we've I feel like as a society we've been so conditioned to fear the unknown yep. and also been so conditioned to fear the free fall. Like even when people yeah. go and do it, it's not like when you jump, it's going to be the most exciting, 
exhilarating, breathtaking thing you've ever experienced. And you're going to be like taking it all and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be exciting. No, we've been conditioned to go, the minute you go to that ledge and you go to jump, it's going to be terrifying. You're going to freak out. You're going to be like, what happens when I hit the water? Should I have jumped off the like ledge? Like we've been conditioned to have that scared mindset. And this is yeah. where... When if you've been like, how do you experience that blissful day? It's because it's because Benita doesn't live in that place of feeling terrified, petrified, of like all of the unknowns. You are so entrusting, and that is how you live so blissfully. And that's where you know you take these like step after step after step of conditioning yourself that I can trust, I can surrender, I can open up, I can live from a place of love and not fear. That's how you get to that space. And honestly, that's also how you beat bipolar anxiety and depression. Because those things feed off of fear and doubt and worry and criticism and judgment and like approval from other people. It fears on all that stuff. And when you can shift into that place of love and saying, I'm going to look to me for you know, approval. I'm going to look to me That's for right. what I'm worthy of. I'm going to look to me for love and, and for all of those things. That's what, that's what breaks it down. It can't survive in those conditions. Ah, I love <laughs> that description so much. Yes. So beautiful. It is exactly what I have experienced. Yeah. Like I didn't understand self-love and I didn't like self-care and I didn't understand self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I really thought to me, it's all one. And I really thought that people had it or they didn't. Right. Like, right. I really, I was a ballet dancer originally. So my first profession was that of a classical ballet dancer. And so obviously an incredibly, like, hypercritical yeah. environment. It, just all of the things that go on there in terms of the various levels of conditioning are pretty intense around, like, never being enough. <laughs> Seriously. Um, oh, my goodness. No wonder that, it, like, went over into, like, the workplace and everything. Oh, my goodness. totally. Yes. I have. I have been recovering from that oh. for, for a very long time. And I, I really thought, like, some people had this, like, confidence and self-esteem and some people didn't. And I had it in fits and starts. Like, I would have it in certain parts of my life and not in others. Or I'd have it on certain days and not others. And it was, like, kind of fleeting. And I really didn't understand that it can't, like, self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts. Mm-hmm. And that doing esteemable acts comes from loving, it, like actually listening to yourself and not to the conditioning and not to maybe what other people think you should do, but like being able to, to find a place to say, no, actually, this is what's really right for me. I'm sorry if that creates whatever reaction yeah. <laughs> it might be creating for you. Like, I'm not. I'm just honoring myself. I still love you or, you know, whatever that conversation is, depending on the relationship but I need to go do this to take care of myself. And I didn't understand that that's what confidence and self-esteem were until I started to have it modeled in front of me from Mm -hmm. either other sober people or people I started to surround myself with that I saw living more grounded and like aligned lives. And I was like, Oh, they do this. And I was in therapy for 18 years. And so I've been gone from New York City for like two years, three years. I haven't gone to like, I don't know, half of my time of seeing this person, I was not sober, like nine years. And the other half I was. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And it was amazing the difference in that 
what the some of the suggestions or the pointers in terms of like starting to cultivate a sense of self and listen to self and care for self like I just couldn't even get to that when I was just in a less clear place and then when I started to become more clear how it slowly developed and I could start to create boundaries in certain relationships and then that created more of a sense of self and that was self-loving and that was self-caring and that was like oh, okay now I'm feeling more grounded in who I am and then and that would lead to the next thing and then it finally happened for me more professionally three years ago and then now it's just like this incredibly beautiful experience basically with every interaction I have that is fulfilling and creates even more of a sense of self and all of that is self-love like having this conversation with you is 100% an act of self-love and yes. the beautiful part right is that we're doing this and then other people hear it and hopefully we're of service to others and like it's just like self-fulfilling it's like the circle that goes round and round that ultimately is so beautifully bolstering and confirming but it's ultimate it ultimately comes from this neutral place of love that's like giving to all sides yeah I mean, just by, I mean, that's what I think is so like magical about it is like just by loving yourself, you set that beautiful example for other people. Like, oh, yeah. I can do that too. Oh, like I yeah. can. And it starts to help. I think that that kind of act, and it is, it's, <clears throat> sorry, it's interesting because it's like to love yourself is actually a really selfless act. That's right. And like, it just encourages people to break down their own beliefs and start to question things. Oh, well, could I do it the way she's doing it? Oh, could I just walk away? Oh, you know what I mean? Like all of those things. And uh, I don't, it just, it means the world. Like I've had people ask me, they're like, how do you teach your kids self-love? And I Mm. said, step number one is I do it first. Yep. I show them. Power of example. mm -hmm. It's way more powerful than... None of us actually learn anything from consuming it from the outside. We only truly learn it once we've integrated it through our own experiencing of it, right? Like, how many self-help books did you read along the way before (laughs) stuff actually started, like, sticking from, from embodying it rather than, like, taking action and these leaps that we're talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I read many that didn't ever really stick until it was like, oh, it, it was like an in me thing rather than a like consuming hoping. Yeah, I you it know would happen thing. It's I, it's so funny to me because I feel like I I did the opposite where I spent a long time doing and trying to figure it out. Oh, so interesting. I didn't. I yeah. I didn't have any like. I didn't know of anybody to follow. I didn't know of anybody to like listen to or any mentors like. Like, there was nobody in my sphere of people that knew how to unlock, like, open me up to that, I feel like. Like, Mm. I didn't even know how to open me up. So, like, my only options were, like, you do meds and therapy, and they weren't working for me. And so I was like, well, crap, I guess I just have to do this on my own. (laughs) So, you know, I I spent nearly a decade in that doing space, and it has only been since... Since a little before, but like now being a coach and having worked with numerous coaches and it's like now combining those, it's like putting change into hyperdrive. It's like once you know that like when you learn it and apply it, 
you would just accelerate. It's like, whoa. (laughs) And I mean, that's why I do what I do. I'm like, and that's why it's so, it is so integrated in that way is like, I want people to learn conceptually and understand and hear the stories, but I'm like, go do this, like go do it. Because until you do it, it's not going to shift anything. And it's, I, I love just like, even just hearing my students being like, was it really this easy? And I'm like, yeah, dude, <laughs> it's really once, that easy. <laughs> once that willingness is there and the surrender that we've been talking about, and then you take action from that place, yeah, like right behind it, rather than there being kind of like a lag time of like fear, mm-hmm. though, whatever, whenever that moment is that you take the action from a place of the surrender and like the trusting the leap, and then you take the action. I've had the exact same experience, yeah. it. like massively quick accelerated transformation. Yeah, and then and then you see that that happens. So then I have found, at least for me, that's been a really powerful confirmation. So then I'm like, oh, I want to do it again. Yeah. Oh, well, now what? Oh, well, if I opened myself up this last time and I feel way better, what if I do it again? And then oh, now I feel even better about that thing. Or like whatever it mm-hmm. is, there's always continual healing and. Like I said, I'm like still a recovering perfectionist and, but and all of those things. Yeah. And but so, it's fun. It's it, like fun now. Yeah. I mean, I literally tell people it's like my hobby to find the things that scare me the most and go do them. <laughs> like I just, I love doing that. And I, it's, it's so interesting that like, it really is when you can go into that space of being like, okay, one, I'm ready to learn Two, I'm ready to let go of whatever I was doing. That's clearly isn't serving me and three like I'm willing to apply what it is that I learn and do it with an open mind and not judge it and not be like well I'm gonna do it but it's not gonna work you know it's that that I mean that is surrender right there in a nutshell and yeah I mean it just makes everything much more fluid and you know of course like when you're moving through stuff like are there gonna be tears are there gonna be moments where like you're doubting yourself is like, you know what I mean? Like that stuff can still come up, but when you recognize that that's like part of the process and that's like you letting go of what, you know, what was going on before, then you're much more willing to allow yourself to move through it. I mean, I know like even to this day, like just, just continuing to up level, like I've sat in my room just bawling and I'm like, I have to let go of this part of me that wants to play small. Like, I was just going through that this week. (laughs) I love it. I know. It's like, wait, I have to show up and like be proud of who I am. (laughs) It's like, it's so beautiful. uh, Yeah. yeah. And it's being called, right? Like you go, you go through now. I feel like when I go through those moments of angst, let's say for lack of a better word, or like feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in a particular moment, it's, it's pushed, you know, an edge is being pushed. Ah, see, Something new is being called forth. And so there's an excitement for me in that now like even though in a particular day I might not be able to access that excitement and I might be in more of the sadness and the fear there's a part of me now like the subconscious has been rewritten some of Mm -hmm. those beliefs have been rewritten now so that the tape that's playing is like okay I know you're feeling maybe sadder or more low today or fearful or whatever it is but like something new is coming and like now that's the new self-talk that comes through and that's the new loving conversation with self it's like oh no no you got this even though it doesn't feel great today tomorrow's totally another day and it means you're pushing an edge and something else is on the other side of this and it will likely be 
better than you even know. And that to like really not having to control and not having to feel like my particular behaviors will then manifest or like create or whatever, a particular outcome. And then then I can control that. So then there's not fear. I, I now am excited about the not knowing a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I won't say all the time, but (laughs) most of the time I'm like, my life beyond my wildest dreams has happened. Like I can't three years ago around this time, if you had told me I'd be where I am now doing what I'm doing, I would have told you you are absolutely out of your mind. Oh, totally the same. Like, (laughs) I'm like, what? No. You're like, no, no, no. You're nuts. Okay. (laughs) No, that's not happening. I, I love that. It's, it's so beautiful. Your awareness of like pushing that edge, like, in my book, Break the Chain, it's all about like facing fears intentionally. And my friends always laugh at me because when I go to do something and my heart starts to race and my throat tightens up and I get really uncomfortable and sweaty, I'm like, yep, okay. Well, that's my compass telling me that's where I need to go. I know. Right? <laughs> and that's different than like fear of keeping you safe, like truly. Like if a bear was chasing you or something, like obviously then you would listen to that stuff, right. that neurological or physiological stuff happening. But when it's like, no, I'm not actually going to die from doing this. I'm just uncomfortable because, yeah, it's actually excitement. Yeah. I think that that's that edge of like, is it fear and anxiety or is it actually excitement? And asking myself that question a lot lately has been super helpful. In the last year, I started to speak to groups of like 250 and more, like that kind of size of speaking engagement. And I... Yes, I would have like my heart would race a little bit before and I could feel myself in that sense of excitement and nervousness because I ultimately wanted to be of service. And of course, I wanted to do a good job and I hoped that it would be received or heard, you know, like I had some expectation, I would say. So I knew that that's where it was coming from. But that uncomfortability I knew was, yeah, it was like pushing that edge. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to feel so amazing on the other side. And I'm so glad I can, like, show up and be of service to some people and be helpful. Like, that that matters more than this discomfort I'm feeling. Yeah. And that now, like, that combination of, like, but why am I doing this again? Oh, right, because I'm speaking my truth and I'm being of service. Okay, well, that's more important than any discomfort I'm feeling. And actually, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually excited. Like, my body is feeling vulnerable so then there's like these reactions happening but that's not that isn't the truth in terms of like oh I'm afraid yeah you're not turning it into some like big story about like oh clearly I'm not ready for this because otherwise I'd just be totally calm as a cucumber like (laughs) no and I we like again it kind of comes back to that like we've been taught so much to run from fear but like when we see it as an opportunity to like break ourselves open, push ourselves, you know, past our, our limit, right? Like that, that opens us up to like, just be exposed to more love for ourselves that like, I did the scary thing. And I, well, I did the scary thing. Like I actually did it. And that's like really incredible. Like I did it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm okay. And that means I can do it again or I can do it in this next way that's showing up. And yeah, it just, continues again this like energetic cycle of love and faith and trust in self yeah builds and builds and builds and builds yeah yes oh I love that so much 
so good. So just great. having so just having this conversation, right? Like my vibratory state was kind of like nice and like mellow, middle ground, and like having this conversation about how this works. I'm just like, oh, I am just filled. Yeah. And like that, and that in and of itself is a communication tool, right? So like that energetic signature of you and I having this conversation then is shared with others. And, you know, I certainly hope others feel it too, but like anything is possible. And I don't mean that in an overwhelming way, but in a, wow, if I'm feeling stuff isn't possible right now, hmm, maybe there's a little space, like yeah. even a window just what's to that, believe. What's that, that an opportunity for? That's right. Yeah. What is it perfect for? That's a, one of my teachers uses that phrase when something is like appearing that feels circumstantially not a preference. Yeah. <laughs> like uncomfortable or something you don't want to have happening or something like with someone else who like you can't control or whatever. Just to ask, what is this perfect for? Like, what is this perfect for? What is that perfect for? And it's amazing how that can just flip it to the opportunity in it. Yeah. Rather than believing it's a terrible thing. Because there's, I don't, I don't, at this point in my life, I don't believe in such things. There's always some, it's all perfect for something, even in the midst of this really difficult time that we're going through as a global collective, as a nation right now, especially in the last week or two, like it's, even though those things are very, very difficult and people are experiencing, myself included, like a lot of heaviness around it it is perfect for something. It is perfect for shifting and changing that's coming. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I always, I always bring that back to like, I mean, and you probably do too, is like looking at our past and like everything that we've been through. And, you know, I look, I look back at like just my darkest moments of like, just like trying to end my life and, you know, Uh. self-harming to like just at a crazy degree. And Uh. it's like, it was it was perfect for what I do now. Like it it led me to this. I I needed that otherwise I wouldn't be able to meet people at such a level and same for you. You know, it's yeah. like we wouldn't like your biggest struggle is like is your your greatest strength if you allow it. Like truly. Yeah. And so yeah, I just encourage you guys to like one, I would encourage you guys listening to like take stock of how you're feeling right now. Like literally just take a moment and be like, am I actually feeling pretty good? Am I feeling calm? And I, am I feeling level? Cause chances are you, you probably are. And then, you know, hopefully not, but like in a few minutes, if everything starts creeping back in, like you get to, you get to choose. That's an opportunity. That is perfect. That is a perfect moment, a perfect experience for you to choose to, okay, what's a tool? How could I calm myself down? How can I bring myself back? You know, like, how can I choose who I want to be? And so anytime there is that, like, you know, even like for me, like when I have moments where I'm like, I'm going to make a decision right now that's making me just like pour sweat. Like, this is perfect (laughs) to still choose to do it anyway. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This was so good. I'm so glad we got to bring just this conversation to everyone because I honestly think this is the first interview where it has been just such a such a deeply rooted self-love conversation and I'm just I'm just so honored that you were the one to that to have this conversation oh total honor on my side and gift and it really the more these types of conversations can be had and the more we each take care of ourselves 
like the only way all of the things that we see out in the world that we may want to, to change and to be different, the only way any of that happens is to do that inner work, that yes. self-love work, that empathy for self. And like once we can cultivate that a bit more than anybody we sit across the table from, we can just have that much more empathy for, we can see much more as a direct reflection of ourselves rather than any you know, kind of difference or anything. And it's just, it's the only clearest way I see after a few years of being on this planet (laughs) to, to move forward. Like, yes, there's a lot that can be shifted and changed in terms of groups and groups dynamics and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. it only can be from a really heartfelt, earnest, empathetic place from knowing oneself. Yeah, when you're not so worried about like trying to keep yourself afloat, you're able to yeah. just give so much more intentionally and unintentionally. You get to give. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Well, where can everyone find all your things so they can learn more about just radically loving their entire lives and themselves? Of course. Um, the easiest place is my website. So that's createradicallove.com. And I'm on Facebook, uh, Benita Condi. You can find me there. I'm laying on my photo is of me laying on a grassy, like, floor of petals. Yes. <laughs> and um, on Instagram, I'm Benita underscore Condi. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, Benita. Is there any just, like, last words you'd like to leave with everyone listening? Uh... think what's coming through is really to to each and every one anybody listening to give themselves time and space mm-hmm. in this time I think there's so you know there's a lot of um there's just so much there's like so much information yeah. on all sides either like don't do much right now or do a lot right now or whatever there's just like so I think many people are feeling very activated to be like out in the world trying to help right now yeah and I, I personally can find that particularly overwhelming. So creating that space that you and I have been talking about from a place of like what feels more true or more aligned or creates more clarity rather than confusion and honoring that and yeah. doing those things in this time. And those are all those acts of self-love we've been talking about can then only reverberate out from there. And, and that's where we all meet one another. Mm, I love that so much. That was so perfect to end this on. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I, again, I just appreciate you coming on Simply Happy so much. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Seriously, an honor. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Yes, Olivia. thank you. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. As always, you keep saying Simply Awesome. I'll keep saying Simply Ollie, and I'll chat with you on the next pod. Bye.